Free Kicks is up next, but first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next, back to you. Steve, you're making a big change for 2020. Yes, I am. I'm going to change the way that I approach people in life. I can't wait to hear about that. And we're also going to talk about what it's like when you have an uncomfortable interview. And we'll have many of those in 2020. Back to you with Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Back to you, an OPI show, only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved a better place. Radiomisfits.com. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Free Kicks. And now, Free Kicks. Free Kicks. With Illinois Youth Soccer Association's Director of Coaching, Adam Howarth and Rick Kemper. And we're back for another uh, episode of Minutium. I mean, oh my God, I just got the, the name of the show wrong. It's Free Kicks. I just said it 30 seconds ago. I tell you. I know where I stand, Rick. I know yeah. where I stand. You know, here we are in 2020. It's a whole new decade. And uh, and by the end of this decade, I'll be uh, pushing 70. So, <laughs> Wow. I'll be getting closer to 60. That's yeah. even worse. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ah, so anyway, we're here, we're back, and we're doing another episode of Free Kicks, and we're going to talk about soccer, and we're going to talk about uh, you know, what is happening on the pitch. We're just going to start right with that, if that's okay with you. Sure. All I have to do now is find the, uh, the audio. <laughs> Old man, here we go, here we go. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? Ah, well, luckily, I'm not on the pitch anymore because they'd be putting me out to pasture. Yeah, for sure. Um, somebody actually uh, is in a, in a bad way, and that is uh, Harry Kane, maybe the biggest star in uh, English soccer, uh, Tottenham's striker. Not only hurt his hamstring, he tore his hamstring. Yeah. That's a bad injury. It really is. It's a really tough one, and we were talking about it before the show, and it takes a long time to get over this. The concern would be now, can he be the player he was because yeah. of that hamstring? And, you know, back in the day, I remember a certain Michael Owen, who was a young player and really relied on his speed. Not that Harry Kane relies on his speed as much, but it definitely helps him. Sure. Um, and to be fair, after he tore hamstrings numerous times, yeah. you know, he was never the same player. So I'm I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that Harry can come back, but it's going to be a long time before he's back to really get going. And the concern is then getting into the European Championships in the summer because I think he's labeled to potentially come back in April. Wow. Yeah, Michael Owen was a up-and-coming star. I mean, he was the next uh, thing for England. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, he was a great player. I mean, kind of burst onto the scene when he was 18 in the World Cup. Scored that tremendous goal against uh, Argentina. And then uh, really after that was kind of up and down. He yeah. kind of jumped around a little bit to a few clubs, but was never quite the same after he did those uh, serious injuries. And Harry Kane was, uh, the, I mean, they rode him to the semifinals of the World Cup yeah, England. no question. I mean, and to be fair, he probably wasn't the, up until that point, probably the semifinals was probably one of his worst games. Well, that's true. <laughs> he didn't play as well. Uh, but he, he was banging in goals. I think he had six goals in that World Cup. Right. And then uh, 
And I'm sure he was hoping he was going to have a big European Championships as well. I mean, he's still one of the premier strikers in the world. True. Um, but now he's just got to recover from this major injury. And the sad thing was, I mean, for his club, for Tottenham, Tottenham had made that move back into the top six. Mm -hmm. They were starting to look good. I mean, that's you just don't replace a Harry Kane. You don't go to the bench and say, hey, who, who, you know, bring in Joey Kane. Yeah. You know, it's not going to happen. Exactly. That's exactly what Mourinho said. You know, he said, you can't replace him. Right. All you can do is work to try and get people that are similar to him. And trying to replace those goals is very difficult. This has probably not been a great year for him, but he's still got 10, 11 goals. True. You know, and, and that's, that's still up there. And he has been kind of injured all season yeah. in, in little nicks and, and uh, you know, at a couple of smaller injuries yeah yeah and and this goes back to the whole christmas period which we talked about right you know is that a concern you know playing so many games he played i think they were playing four or five games in a 12-day period it's almost like you know division one college soccer in that respect right you know it's kind of like that and is it an overuse injury and that's where the pressure's on the managers because they want to win these league games there's so many games in a short space of time and they're trying to use all their best players. Probably Tottenham doesn't much doesn't have the depth that they may other right. teams have, so he doesn't feel like he can use those players. Yeah, tough one. Well, I'll tell you another team that's going to be in trouble is Arsenal uh, because their star striker Obama Yang yeah. uh, got a red card right. this weekend. V yeah, VAR again. Right now, it was it was a bad foul. But it, do you think that was a red card foul? It's a tough one because his it, his uh, spikes were up. Yeah, I mean he could have broke on the leg. Yeah, he could have broke the guy's ankle. There's yeah. no question. When you look back at it, I think it's a red card. Um, initially, I think they gave him a yellow, and then he was going to stay on the field. And I know Arsenal fans are upset, and that's where this line of consistency has to be. You know, right. some referees, but. I think VAR did a good job on this one because realistically, it was. I don't think he had any malicious intent to do anything bad. Right. He was just a poorly. It was a striker's tackle. It was. It was. <laughs> it was a lazy tackle. Yes, very lazy. Went in. Yeah, he needs to calm down, and he now he now knows he shouldn't be doing that. Well, because it was a straight red, he's out for three games. That's right. So, uh, you know, take away the best goal scorer on their team, on a team that's already struggling. Yeah. Even yeah. with their new coach, they're not exactly tearing it up. Yeah, sure. Definitely playing better, though. Yes. You know, I think yes. there's been that, that manager uh, bump, you know, as we've seen with a few of the other teams as yes. well. Uh, so he's definitely got them going. But Aubameyang is, again, you know, one of the premier strikers in the Premier League. Yeah. And uh, missing him and his goals, he'd scored already in the game. Yeah, that's true. So, so two of the biggest strikers are going to be gone for at least a few weeks yeah. here. Uh, but the biggest one, Aguero uh, for Man City unbelievable once again yeah a hat trick he set the record for most hat tricks yes 12 i think it is 12 yeah. hat tricks in the premier league yeah unbelievable yeah and he also now has the record for most goals by a foreign player mm -hmm. passing Henri. yes who is a legend sure sure um what are your thoughts about sergio aguero well, I saw a bunch of interviews afterwards you know talking about who he is and what he does He's just a fantastic goal scorer. You know, he can score from anywhere. And yeah. that makes him so different to 
probably many of the other strikers. His consistency has been amazing. Yeah. But the goals he scored in that last game, you know, the three, were all different types of goals. Right. You know, he was able, right. he's able to hit one from outside the box, hit someone in the inside the box, and then just kind of scramble one in too. So he's that type of a player. He's the player that managers love to have because you know, hey, we need a goal. He's going to get us one. And and you can't teach that. No, no. There are so few players like that in the world that are just inside the box. They just have a nose for the goal. Right. He he'll, he'll score goals with his butt. He'll <laughs> score it with you know his chest. Yeah. Um, but he has that power. His shot is so powerful, and he yeah. can do it from anywhere. Yeah. That with low, both feet. Yeah. Low center of gravity. He doesn't look like he's much in terms of a player, but he's so good in terms of getting past players, finding those little openings, those spaces that he's able to get in. And he's just been great for Man City. What a fantastic buy for him. And uh, they asked about if they felt like he could have, you know, if he wanted to move on at some point, he'd say, he was, seems like he's always been very happy at Man City, which yeah. is surprising, you know. I mean, it is, is you know, those types of players may want to move on, but he's, he doesn't look like he's going anywhere. You know, the thing about it is he's always been allowed to be the center of attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where that's usually what happens. You hate to say it, but it's usually ego things. They bring mm-hmm. in another star and, you know, they've got all these stars yeah. on that team, but he's still the guy that gets the goals. Yeah, exactly. Everybody appreciates what he does. Yes. And I think that's what's really nice about that team is that they have such a huge understanding that you know he's our guy we know we're going to rely on him he's going to be the one putting the ball in the back of the net for us we need him on the field and this past game against uh, Aston Villa which they won six to one yeah um, I think we can agree that that was men against boys no question that Man City team is so good it's hard to believe they're that far behind Liverpool I know I, I mean, know. they're way behind. I know. <laughs> when they're firing, these last five, six games for Manchester City have been really, really good. They've yeah. looked fantastic. They're firing on all cylinders. Maybe this is the year that they, they get through the Champions League and that might be the focus for them. Obviously, Liverpool wants the Premier League desperately. Yes. And so they're really pushing for that. But uh, yeah, Man City, Man City it's, it's really nice. It, it, it would be nice if it was a little closer. And, right. you know that that would be really good because they're both playing pretty well. Just you know those drop points earlier in the season are hurting Manchester City right now. Well, as a Liverpool supporter, I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about another uh, another scorer, and mm-hmm. that is on Southampton, Danny Ings. Yeah, who was a Liverpool guy. That's right. Uh, and is now suddenly. I mean, he always looked like that kind of guy that could score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never really put it all together. But this year with Southampton, I think he's got like 12 goals or something like that. Right, yeah. Ten, 10 goals in, ten the, last goals. Eight, in yeah. the last 10 games. Amazing. Yeah, so he's up there. He's one of the leading strikers. And uh, and he's you know, taken that team. Yeah. They, they were in the relegation zone just a few weeks ago, and I think they were in 10th place or something like that now. What was amazing when you think about that game they, they played, Leicester City beating them 2-1. Yeah. They lost... Earlier in the season That's to right. them, nine nothing. We were talking about yeah. that when it happened. I know, and you just worst loss I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, and how does a team come back from that? 
I've got to give a massive amount of credit to the manager, your yeah. Austrian buddy, yeah. your Austrian German. Yes, the Hunter Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done a tremendous job to get them back from that. I mean, I don't know what he did, but uh, he he could he could probably make a lot of money in motivational speeches yeah, just because of you lose nine nil and then you beat that team two one. There you go. There's a seminar right there. Well, actually, if you look back at their season, that nine nothing loss was the turning point in their season. Yes, it was like it woke them up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very good point. It could have gone either way, right? Yeah, very much. Usually, it goes the other way. Yeah, it could have been like they're done, they're done completely. But in fact, he just flipped it and he got the players back. He got them buying into the system. There wasn't a change in the manager. There's another good reason why sometimes you stick with the manager yeah. instead of getting rid of them. Because if there was an opportunity to get rid of your manager, probably when you lose nine, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you're probably looking at, oh, I don't think I'm going to have a job next week. If he was at Chelsea, he would have been gone. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, or one of these other big clubs. Exactly. But they stuck with him. And look what happened. Now they're out of the bottom three. They're yeah. moving on up, doing really, really well. And another team that uh, now, this is the opposite. This was a coaching change, and that's Watford. Yes. Now, Watford is now lo- is no longer in the bottom three, right? which I think is right. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. They right? were a team that were in a false position from the beginning, no yeah. question, especially after they're a solid. They're a solid mid-table team. They are. They're, they're not going to be in that top five or six, but they've got players. They're extremely athletic. They've got Troy Deeney and being a, a strong leader, he's starting to come to the fray now. And he and was out for the beginning of the season. He was out a little bit with injuries. I don't think he got on too, too well with the previous managers. And then they've got Pearson who came in, the former Leicester City manager, and he's just basically motivated them. I mean, yes. that's, I don't think there's been anything crazy in terms of systems, but there's a great example of a manager coming in, motivating his players, getting them pumped up, telling them how good they are. And and look at the results. Well, and they beat Bournemouth three nothing. Yeah, and uh, and Bournemouth uh, now is a team that is in trouble. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Howe, their manager, has been the uh, you know the manager of Wunderkind of uh, the Premier League all yeah. this time, and now he can't seem to do anything right. Yeah, exactly. I think they've won one in their last 11 something like that that's that's relegation form right there and he had body language on the sideline mm. um you know i know that doesn't necessarily mean anything but i watch for that because you can kind of tell by by watching the the body language where they are and yeah. he had that look in his face like i i'm out i'm out of answers i've mm-hmm. got nothing i don't know what to do yeah yeah, well, the next three games are going to be huge for them because they're playing teams all around them in the league. I think they've got Brighton, they've got Aston Villa. Um, so those are teams that are going to be right around them. I think Norwich as well. Those are team, teams they have to win. You know, right. and to be fair, probably Watford was a game they should have won. Yeah. You know, and I think it was even up until the first first goal. That was a big turning point. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. So he's got his work cut out for him. Yes, he does. All right, now uh, it's uh, that time of the season where we have to explain a foreign tradition. And now, explain that foreign tradition, please. Okay, they call it the transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> and every year, uh, I feel like we need to explain this every year yeah. because casual uh, fans of the sport, uh, American fans, don't understand this concept. There's nothing like it at all in America. 
um, explain the the general concept of what the uh, transfer window is. Well, I like to look at the history of it, Rick. So okay. historically, okay. actually, I didn't realize this. I was looking at it. I think it started in 2003. So during the Premier League. So the Premier League has not always had this. It's oh, only really in the I last 14, that. 15 years. So before they had a transfer window, just right before the FA Cup final. So then players couldn't, so teams couldn't buy a player to win the cup. Okay. Basically. Yeah. So they have this transfer window now. And now it's because the Premier League's obviously got so big. So they have small amounts of time in the summer through the end of August, first part of September. And then now January is when they can sign players. So okay. January 31st is the end of the transfer window. So you're going to see a lot of teams kind of trying to boost their squads with players. All right. And right now there's nothing really happening so far. Yeah. Lots of talk, lots yeah. of chatter. What ends up happening, we talked about this earlier, is there's always this frenzy at the end yeah. where there's all these clubs going after play. It's just, I always find it comical that <laughs> it's, it's like, like they're studying for a test at the end, you know, yeah. they leave it to cramming it. And then the last six hours they end up with some massive, massive deals. I'm sure they've been working on it for a while, right? but it, it kind of adds to the excitement. So look out for the, on TV, I know NBCSN will probably cover the transfer dealings. Do things majorly change? It, occasionally, you know, yeah. there might be some big transfers here. I remember the uh, Andy Carroll one. That was a big one not too many years ago. 50 million and Fernando Torres going to Chelsea. That was a big one. Right. So we'll see. We'll see what changes happen. So uh, I, I believe uh, Drinkwater went to uh, Aston Villa. We were right. Talking yeah, about I, this I the ch- I'm not sure if it's on loan or not. I think it might be an on loan. Oh, okay. But... If you want to look at one of the worst debuts, that would be, that would be one of the ones. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, it's a tough one. Man City <laughs> is your first game, and you're at yes. Aston Villa now. He's with Aston Villa. He came from he came from Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, and he wasn't even in the squad really. To be right. fair, yeah. that's true. Well, it's hard to break into that. No Chelsea question. Squad. Yeah, but he was a, a big part of the Leicester team that yeah. won the championship. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but that was just a few years ago. And now, wow. Uh, he was on the side covering uh, De Bruyne, which again, <laughs> yeah, n- that, not an easy assignment. Right. But he was burned time and time again. Yeah. They scored six goals, and he must have been the cause of three of them. Yeah, the first three. And I feel bad for him because he's probably put in a tough situation. I mean, you could see the lack of playing time right. was quite evident. I mean... He's going up against Riyad Mahrez, who actually he played with at Leicester as well. Right. And, oh, yeah, Mahrez too. Mahrez and Bruyne. And Mahrez <laughs> just burned him on the first goal. And then he decided to take 17 touches in the box for uh, one of the goals that, that they stole from him as well. But So, yeah, he's he was in a tough spot. To be personally honest, I don't know throwing him in without really any lack of that playing time. It would have been a smart thing, especially against them maybe give him a couple of games in the reserves to start with right? and then push him in. But yeah, he didn't look good. That's for sure. No, no, he didn't. Hopefully he'll get better. All right. So it's time for, I uh, guess, the Premier League star. Mm. Time now to guess the Premier League star. Adam's least favorite part of the show. <laughs> this is the part of the show where uh, you at home get to try to guess along with Adam and see if you can guess who this star is before Adam does. All right. Now this one is a 34-year-old. Oh, great. So now we're talking there aren't that many 34-year-olds in the league. So just uh, set your mind for that. This guy 
is third all-time for a foreign Premier League player with assists. He has 90 assists behind Fabregas at 111, Bergkamp at 94. So he has 90. All right. He wears number 21. Okay. He's in his 10th season in the league, all with the same club. His country of origin is Spain. Okay. David Silva? Very good. Uh. Very good. Uh, Four-time Premier League champion. Really? Yeah. Wow. So he's had a pretty good run there. Yeah, he, he really has. He's yeah. done exceptionally well. I mean, he's he's been really... When you look at Man City players, obviously we talked about Aguero, but he's been the one setting up Aguero yeah, right, most exactly. of the time. I mean, he really has. He's been fantastic. He that really is has. true. He's yeah. starting to get towards the end of his career. You can see it, but he still has flashes. Yes. Uh, a, a great player. One of the all-time greats. For sure. All right. We need to take a little break, but we still have another report coming from across the pond. Uh, we've got uh, the Pick the Games. We've got Adam's TV tip. We have so much more. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's shocking news in the world of electric SUVs and pickups. Plus, a rare AMC prototype gets restored. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Legal weed for crappy football teams. <laughs> A prison soccer match. Neil Ennis tribute. My brush with soccer announcer Arlo White. And our interview with author Billy Hayes. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano podcast and Opie production on the Radio Misfits podcast network. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. All right, Adam, let's... Uh, Let's do. Let's go across the pond now. If this is uh, our trip to Chelsea, is what we're talking about, happened right around the time that uh, that uh, Thanksgiving happened. Yeah, and I think I have. Do I have an audio for this one too? Um, I don't see it. So let's keep going. That's all right. We'll yeah. make up our own audio. All right. So we have no audio for this, but across the pond. Chelsea, tell us what happened. And we're at, now we're at day three of right. our, our trip to Chelsea. Yeah, so day three. So this was the Friday, Black Friday. Yes. Right? So this is the Black Friday that we had. And so uh, this was probably, you know, in a lot of ways was a kind of a fun time for me because we was able to see some kind of the tactical stuff. So we got out right off the doorstep, got, had our breakfast, had our bacon butties and, <laughs> and had all our nice breakfast, which was, being, which was tremendous all week, to be fair. And then we ended up going to watch the under-18 training session. That was the tactical training session. That was something. Yeah, in preparation for their game. So we really got to see some of the, maybe the future players for Chelsea. Um, So we kind of had a sideline view of them basically doing really a walkthrough. But it was really good because it was nice to see some of the things that they were doing. And they were actually utilizing the potential of out they were playing with a three five two and they were looking at trying to get those uh, outside backs overlapping yeah similar to what sheffield united does yeah. so i thought that was really an interesting concept just kind of working on that 
And that was the same time when we were watching. That was when they fired Unai Emery. So that was kind of the, right. the time when we were chatting about that. So there was a lot of discussion and banter uh, when we were watching there on the sidelines. My thoughts on that, watching uh, that training session, was yeah. just the speed of the passing, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, cause uh, we both have sons that are of yeah, that age group sure. and they could not have done that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was just the, the, each of the, the players, the, the other thing was the talking, mm-hmm. they were very good at communicating with each other mm-hmm. saying the names and they kept, uh, they kept pushing that. Yeah. They kept saying, you know, Make sure you tell who's coming, what you're doing. Right, right. And, and you see that in the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and that and that probably goes down to that overlapping concept. If they don't say, I'm overlapping or I'm getting around the back, they don't know that they're gone. Yeah. Because they're coming from behind them. So I thought that was really a neat um, aspect of the training session. And then they finished with like a little little game as well. And the quality of the goals that were scored in that small-sided game was, right. was, was tremendous. It was amazing. Yeah, so it was really good. And then... Then we went into um, presentation. We actually talked with the women's coach. Right. Um, so he kind of gave us a little bit of an idea of how things are going with their women's program. And obviously things are going really well for them right now. So uh, Emma Hayes is the is the manager there and uh, has really kind of pushed them along. They just signed uh, the Chicago Red Stars best player in Sam Kerr. Right. So that was kind of a big one. And he just talked a little bit about how things, which is very similar to what they do on the boys' side, but it's a little bit behind, obviously, just because they haven't been doing it for quite as long. And then, uh, again, another discussion after lunch was with uh, with one of the movement coaches. So kind of the, the physical part of the game, you know, the aspect, the, uh, the sports science aspect, where they incorporate 10, 15 minutes of some type of movement within training sessions. The fun part for me on this day was uh, my brother and I, Went That's to right. meet to Arlo White in the city, so we actually were taking taken through the training facilities. Yes, of the first team, mm-hmm. which we had never been allowed to go to. Right, up you, until this you were point. cutting through to the train. Right, cutting through to the train. They have like a back door that's yeah. right at the train station, yeah. which is no. very cool. Um, and on our way there, uh, Reese James just happened to be walking by, and and Coach Andy who was showing us around. Yeah, yeah. brought him over, and we chatted with him. That's and great. It was awesome, and we got to watch uh, the first team mm-hmm. uh, doing their juggling drills and yeah, stuff yeah. like sure, that. Sure, sure. And later on, you guys, when you were walking through, you actually ran into Christian Pulisic. That's right, yeah. So when we were coming through, too, so we were going to get some lunch, and uh, he pulled his car out, and... Uh, uh, just kind of waved, and Andy did a great job of introducing us and, and everything else, and he said pleasantly hello, and then he pulled away in his quite expensive vehicle. Yeah, it was a nice <laughs> car, wasn't it? So, uh, but yeah, um, it, that was kind of cool just to kind of get some a little bit of contact with some of these guys on that side, but it's an interesting concept because they literally have the road in between the academy and the first team so there's that motivation of the players the younger players hey let's get across the road right i want to be across the road that's where i want to be so that's that's really kind of a cool uh, part of the the whole thing so and then it was just kind of a little bit of a kind of a chill out we kind of watched a little bit of a community clinic that was going on and then it was kind of an early evening because we were going to have a full day on that Saturday with with right. matches, so yeah. All right, well, we do have one more of these, um, and we. Uh, by the way, this has been 
And now, a free kicks report from across the pond. I knew we had audio. <laughs> Finally found it. <laughs> so next time we will have uh, our final edition yeah. of the Across the Pond. And then we have to do another trip. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way we have to do this. Perfectly fine with me. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about what is happening here in your office. And now the latest Chicago area soccer news. Soccer news, soccer news. with Coach Adam. Coach Adam. Okay, we've got uh, a big week. We're taping again on a Monday. Yeah, that's which, right. Which means that you're leaving town again. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, out <laughs> again. But that's all right. It's uh, going to be a fun week. Uh, we're going we're leaving for Baltimore tomorrow. Actually, uh, that's going to be the National Soccer Coaches Convention. Uh, through the United Soccer Coaches. We're excited, always excited. So we hosted it last year in Chicago. This year we're in beautiful Baltimore. So we're heading out there. And uh, yeah, they, they call it the, the biggest uh, the biggest meeting of tracksuits. Yes. So uh, you're going to see a lot of people running around in their tracksuits, maybe a few guys in their suits occasionally. And uh, But we're looking forward to it. Just, you know, I don't want to tell you guys how to do your job. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm, I, I'm Okay, go to, ahead. But go. I'm going to. I, I, I kind of sense that. Um you know, for everything else, you've got it down. You guys are going to Florida. You're going to, you know, you're going to warm locations. But for this coaches meeting last year, Chicago, mm-hmm. this year, Baltimore. I mean, yeah. We, what's wrong with Honolulu? <laughs> Can't you have it in Honolulu? I agree. Or Vegas or something like that? I agree. It's all about the convention centers, I think. And actually, next year, it's going to be in California. Okay, that's Anna, better. Anaheim. So uh, we'll see. But again, all this stuff's indoors. Yeah, no, so, I, know, you know, it's, still, I know. It's just tough. Yeah. It, it'd be nice to walk out onto the beach, wouldn't it, in it between? It would be. Uh, but yeah, so so we're looking forward to that. Lots of meetings and obviously seeing different coaches networking and bumping into a, a bunch of friends. We'll probably, like I said, bump into a couple of the Chelsea guys again, which will be fun. And so we're always looking forward to that. And then we're continuing it, continuing on with our ODP. So we're kind of selecting groups and teams this week and getting things set for our upcoming showcases with the different states that will be coming in in the next few weeks, in, all gearing up to our sub-regional in Memphis, Tennessee in uh in February for President's Day weekend. Well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's take a look at what's coming up this weekend. I mm-hmm. believe we now pick the games. Yeah. So here we go. Rick and Adam. Rick and Adam. Rick and Adam pick the scores. Ooh, I like well, that one. That's a new one. <laughs> it is. I don't think I've heard that one. That's pretty fancy. Oh, yeah. We got it all for you. All right. Let's start with the uh, Arsenal game because they are playing against Sheffield United. That's right. actually a, a crucial game in the standings for yeah. both teams. Yeah. I mean, Sheffield United have been really good, obviously. Again, another big win the other this past week. And uh, they're kind of a few points behind that top four, but this might get them up a little closer depending on the results of the others. Uh, Arsenal's playing a lot better though at home. I'm going to go with a one-one draw. That is exactly how I have it. One-one. Um, yes, because Arsenal is better at home. Yes, and Sheffield United I think has been a better team this year, so yeah. it, it may even out. Yep. Although Arsenal's playing without Aubameyang. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. All right, but so I also have it as a one-one game. Uh, mm-hmm. Brighton. At home against Aston Villa, two yeah. of the struggling teams. Yeah, Villa's coming off a kind of a rough one, obviously, 6-1 defeat. Brighton's been pretty good. You know, they've been fairly consistent, although they're still down there in that, that bottom group. Um, I'm going to go with a Brighton win today. I think uh, Brighton 2, Aston Villa 1. I have it as a 1-0 game for Brighton. Okay. 1-0. 
Uh, Newcastle at home. Always tough against Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea's been great on the road, to be fair. They've been they really good. Um, I see nothing but a Chelsea win here. Newcastle, although they got a decent you know, decent result on the weekend, I, I see a 2-0 victory for Chelsea. I have it as a 1-2 uh, victory for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Burnley. Uh, Burnley home against Leicester City. Leicester City coming off a tough loss against Southampton. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting match just because Burnley's struggling again. They look really poor against Chelsea, I yeah, thought. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, they looked like they were going to score only on free kicks and corner kicks. Yeah. That was about the only way they could do it. And, uh, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine who's a big Burnley fan, uh, one of my former players from college, and he was saying that they're just not investing any money. Yeah. And that's the, the concern. And Because uh, they've got a good coach. They've got a good good manager. They just need some players, yeah. you know, and they're going down. If they go, a couple players go down, they're in trouble. So I'm going to go with Burnley nil, Leicester 1. I've got it 2 nil for Leicester. And then we have Liverpool against Manchester United. Now, this could be... Now, it's at Liverpool, but Manchester United has been playing better. Yeah. And yeah. they always seem to come up for the big games. This is your derby. This is your yeah. typical derby game. Liverpool, Man United, throw everything out the window. Right. You just don't know. The two uh, historic uh, clubs. Yeah. I mean, and you ask Man United fans, they'll say this is their big game of the year. You know, this is the one that they want to win desperately. So... I think that Man United might just have enough to scramble a draw out of this match. Uh, Liverpool, obviously, are just cruising. I see it as a. I'm going to give it a two-two draw. I have Liverpool winning three <laughs> nothing. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to talk it up, uh, make them feel a little better. But yeah. my money's on Liverpool. Yeah. They are looking very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now it is time for. Now time for Adam's Weekend Soccer TV Tip. So we just went over some of the big games. Yeah. Are any of those uh, <laughs> your TV I tip? Don't, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think I might want to sit down and watch Liverpool Man United. And uh, that might be the TV tip. So that's on Sunday. Okay. So the Sunday morning game, 10.30 kickoff. That'll be on NBC, I'm guessing. Should be a great match. It really should. At Liverpool. Just if if you haven't seen a match all year, for those listeners out there, just watch the beginning. Just watch the fans. Watch them walking out. Yeah. You never walk alone. It, it just brings goosebumps. And I'm not even a Liverpool fan. I actually no. despise them. I despise <laughs> both these teams. But are these your two least favorite teams? They're up there. Yeah. They're up there. But it, you know, that's my that's I'm a Southern softy, right? Yeah. These are the the Northern guys. It's just team. the red color. Isn't it, it? It's something with the red. Red. Yeah. Yes. It's tough to tough to deal with red. But but yeah. So this watch this game really good one watch the beginning you'll get a lot out of it yes and and go liverpool mm-hmm. um we'd like to uh, thank our executive producer tony lasana with opishows.com opi is hippo backwards o-p-p-i-h shows.com we're distributed by ed silla with radio misfits great talk radio isn't dead it just moved to a better place radio misfits.com And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Free Kicks. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? This week on Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview, we talk with Boogie Check radio legend John Records Landecker. You're in the Radio Hall of Fame. You're also featured in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, kind 
That's true. Yep, that's correct. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, for all the achievements you had, how does being on our Minutia Men podcast rank? Is that... There, nothing could be closer to my heart. <laughs> Minutia Men, Celebrity Interview, an Opie show... Only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com There's nothing closer to my heart. Espresso. French press. Mocha. Frappuccinos. None of these will be discussed, but all will be used on Caffeinated Comics. It's a weekly podcast about comics, movies, TV, and collectibles, hosted by a former comic book store owner and an ex-comedian. What a resume. Sometimes there's special guests. Sometimes it's just us, reporting the latest geek news and arguing. Like why I love cable. And why you're wrong about that. So join us each week on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network for superpowers and caffeine. Remember when you made those cappuccinos? Yeah, that whole day's a whole blur. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Place. Radiomisfits.com